We're still celebrating the season of Christmas and still in what we call the octave of, East, of Christmas, the eight days after the Feast of the Nativity. Tomorrow is the Feast of Mary, Mother of God. It's the last day of the octave. And today, within the octave, we look at the family of Nazareth, Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. It's a feast of the Holy Family. In God's plan, like, families are so important. In God's plan, the family is such an essential element of his plan of transformation of society. So he chose to be born in the context of a human family. Like theologians ask the question, could have him born or come to earth in another way? You can answer yes or no inside your heart. And, and the answer is yes. God could have dropped from heaven, not through the womb of the Virgin Mary, but Jesus could have shown up. But it was convenient, Thomas Aquinas will say that, he would be born in this way, in the context of a mother and a foster father and, and grow in the context of a human family. Why? Well, because he wanted to give us both like an example of how family life should be. And second, he wanted to give us a family that intercedes for us. So example and intercession. He knew that because of sin and our brokenness and humans, our families will be very much in trouble. It will be division and forgiveness, dysfunctionality, and so on and so forth. So he left us this example of his family of Nazareth. And he, he says, look at us. This is how you should be. So when you look at the manger, there's so many teachings that this Holy Family gave us. But I would like to highlight one. And is the what we could call praying for the family and praying with the family. There's something that the family of Joseph, Mary, and, and Jesus teach us. It's the importance of, of praying as a family. Not only you praying as an individual, you praying as a Catholic or as a Christian, but also praying for the members of your family and praying as a family, both things. So what can we learn in this aspect from the family of Jesus? This call to pray with and for your family. Three graces that we should somehow always pray for the members of your family. And they are somehow given to us in this gospel of Jesus going to the temple, being consecrated to God, then Simeon, and then Anna. And as I pray, as I speak, I know that the context of your, the families that are here is very different. Some of you are together with your children. Some of you are together with your spouse. Some of you are not with your spouse. Maybe you believe, but he doesn't believe or she doesn't believe. Some of you maybe are experiencing separation and, and, and the pain of being separated from your spouse. Maybe you are the only child here that is a believer. So this different context of what we are addressing in the family life. But in whatever context you find yourself now, that you're here at church, you should always pray for these three graces for your family. 
The first thing that we should always pray is the grace of basically everyone in your family going to heaven. We should always pray for that grace. Jesus and Joseph and Mary, in this gospel, they go to the temple. The temple of Jerusalem is a symbol of the presence of God on earth. So whenever a Jewish person will journey or, or become a pilgrim to the temple of Jerusalem, they were reminded of this thing, that life is a journey to the presence of God. Life is walking towards heaven. So when Jesus, Joseph, and Mary go to the temple, they are basically saying, our family is in a trajectory towards heaven. And we are all walking together towards it. So that's the first thing you should always pray for your family, for your spouse, your children, and extended family as well. And, and it's the grace that all of you someday enter the temple, the presence of God, and worship Jesus together. You could use your imagination. Wouldn't it be beautiful that all your members, your, everyone in your family one day, they make it to heaven and you can worship the Lord in the presence of God forever and ever. What a great blessing. Maybe you are not there because maybe members of your family have left the faith. But through you, when you come to Mass, they are brought into the presence of God. If you are the only member in your family that believes and comes to church, through you and your intercession, somehow you are bringing them to the presence of God. Hopefully they will also join you, you know, in physical worship of the Lord here at Mass. But you can always pray for that grace. And we know that Jesus prayed for that grace, and it happened. I mean, he had it easier because he was the son of God and his mom was immaculate and Joseph was St. Joseph. But Jesus ascended into heaven. He entered the presence of God. And then he took Mary, his mother, into heaven, the Feast of the Assumption. And then he took Joseph, who is a saint, so he's in heaven. So these three characters, Jesus might have prayed, Father, Please bless my mom. Father, please bless my foster father. So he was praying to the Father in heaven. And that prayer was heard. So you can pray in Jesus that whatever family members you have, that they may also be in the presence of God. Now, going to the temple, in, in coming to Mass, coming to this temple that, and this place of God, on a weekly basis, can be a reminder of you that your family is on a journey towards heaven. So one day you will enter the presence of God, hopefully, but coming every week to Mass, coming on a regular basis, is a reminder of that trajectory. And that's something that we learn from the family as well, of Jesus. They all went to the temple. Joseph didn't say, hey, Mary, you go with Jesus I need to watch the game. Cana is playing against Nazareth. It's the final. Please, just pray for me. I will stay home. No, Joseph went with Mary and, and Jesus. And Mary didn't say, oh, Joseph, why don't you go with Jesus? Like, I will prepare a good meal 
And when you come back, it's going to be warm, but you pray for us. And I stay home. The three of them went to a temple. So it's important that as much as you can, you, all your family comes into the presence of God. So that's the first grace you should always pray. The grace of all of you worshiping God inside the temple, both doing life on earth, but especially when the Lord takes us into his presence when we die. The second grace you should always pray is the grace of asking God that his plans and his dreams over the members of your family might be fulfilled. So Joseph and Mary, they consecrated Jesus. It's a mystery because he was already God, no? But they present him in according to the dictates of the laws as the gospel. Basically, they said, Lord, you gave us this son. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from you. And we return him to you. That's why they go to a temple, to consecrate, to offer Jesus. So Jesus had this beautiful mission, and his parents on earth, they assisted him. They pray that that my mission might be accomplished and fulfilled. So how beautiful is when family members say, pray for that grace. The grace that if you are like a father, that your children, the dream of God for their children may be fulfilled. The vocation that God has for them may be fulfilled. It demands some detachment. It demands overcoming maybe your own dreams for your children. Maybe you want your child to be a millionaire so you can retire kind of with peace or maybe you want your child to study this degree or that degree or follow this path. And it's okay, you can have those dreams, but you should not be an obstacle between what God wants for your children and, and what you want. So pray for that grace as well, that the plan of God, the dream of God may be fulfilled in each member of your family. One great example for me of this is this father who he has two kids and, and he's married and so he was gonna move from one state to another. I think it was North Dakota to New Mexico and before moving, a very good friend of his said, you should consider going to adoration every week. So then he moved, they moved to New Mexico, they started looking for a church to attend on a regular basis. They found one that was 30 minutes away from their home. And besides the drive, they really liked it. And then one day in the first weeks they were attending, they announced that they needed someone to cover um, some of the hours for the Adoration Chapel. So this guy remembered the suggestion of his friends and without thinking too much, he quickly offered himself. And then he asked, okay, what time is the adoration? He says, it's Saturday, 7 a.m. So imagine, like half an hour of a drive, 7 a.m. So, no, sorry, Saturday, 6 a.m. <laughs> so he had to wake up 5 a.m., drive half an hour, and then go to adoration. And he did. But the beautiful thing is that his son, 
who was nine years old at that time, decided to accompany him every week for two years. So every week for two years, dad, father, and son were praying before the Blessed Sacrament. In addition to that, they decided to pray the rosary as a family. So it was a, a grace-filled time of, of the life of this family, and especially of this kid who grew up like in middle school with this prayer of the family. Fast forward 20 years, this kid became a priest. Fast forward some months, this priest came to St. Michael's and his father Aaron, and you know him. So why is he a priest? Not only because of his dad, but maybe somehow for the seeds that were sown by the example and prayer of his dad. And he sat praying that the dreams of God may be fulfilled in his son. The third grace you should always pray is the grace of facing life with the help of God. When Mary and Joseph go into a temple, Simeon shows up, this man filled with the Holy Spirit, and he takes Jesus from the hands of Mary. Imagine that scene, like, I don't know, like maybe Mary, Mary said, okay, you can hold him. But he's like weeks old, so be careful. And he's the son of God, so please don't drop him. No, like <laughs> he lifted up the baby and says, blessed be God. Now you can go, let your servant go in peace. Then he returned the baby to Jesus, uh, baby Jesus to Mary and Joseph, and he blessed them. What a beautiful scene. Simeon asking the protection the blessing of God upon this family. You might be tempted to think, oh, the holy family is so nice, like they are so holy, like Joseph, Mary, no problems, no issues. What is the gospel right after this? Herod wanting to kill Jesus. You have issues in your family, but is someone trying to kill your son? Maybe yes, I hope not, but this is, was the first issue of this family. What happened next? They moved to Egypt. And our language, Joseph has no job. He needs to provide uncertainty. But the blessing of Simeon was there, asking God to protect them, to bless them. That family matters so much to God that they could face all these trials with the grace of God. So your family will always, always face trials. But the third grace you can pray for, either for your family or for specific members of your family, is that they go through those trials holding the hand of God. They go through those trials strengthened by the grace of the Holy Spirit. So for you to think and ponder, how can you pray for your family? What specific form of intercession can you do for your family? Maybe pray the rosary as a couple for your children. Maybe if you're a son or daughter, pray for your parents every time you come to Mass. Maybe you can fast. I know someone who has five kids and he told me, Father, I see so much 
evil influence around my kids that I decided to fast to create a shield of protection over the souls of my kids. It's a powerful way of praying for your family. The second question is how can you pray with your family? It's not enough just to you pray as an individual. There's moments in your prayer life that you should pray with your family. It could be as simple as doing the blessing the meals. It could be praying a family rosary. It could be reading a chapter of the Bible every day. How can you pray as your family and imitate the family of Jesus, Joseph, and Mary?